down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. Every zoo that I went to in the world, all the gorillas look at me and they go crazy. You can laugh, it's okay. Are you serious? Yeah, so I'll go to them and like I'll mess with them and like they all come to the glass and they all do this. <laughs> everyone. We're here for another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. We're going to be talking about the off-season review of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, if anybody's been following the NBA for the last couple of years, you know that Oklahoma City has been in complete tank mode, um, getting assets. I think they have the most first-round picks in the next five years in like the history of the NBA. And we're, we're going to go over what their draft capital is what I think that means to their team. But uh, when we look back at OKC, you know, once the era of Russell Westbrook was done, um, OKC has been in complete tank mode. In 2020, 2021, they finished 22 and 50, 14th in the Western Conference. And then last year, they finished 24 and 58, uh, again, 14th in the Western Conference. And what that has helped them do is start to build some assets in this complete uh, rebuilding mode that they have. Now, we know historically Oklahoma City um, has been really good at hitting on their draft picks. Last year, uh, with their poor record, they ended up with the sixth overall pick, and they already took some players that I think are valuable. You know, Josh Giddy is a really great score, uh, great playmaker, and I think he'll be really great for the team moving forward. And then when we look at this year's draft, uh, right from the get-go, they were busy. They had the second overall pick. They selected Chet Holmgren. Um, we'll talk about you know the things that transpired for him in the offseason in a little bit. They traded with the Knicks to get the 11th overall pick and drafted Ujman Zhang. With their own 12th, 12th overall pick, they got Jalen Williams. And then in the second round, they chose the other Jalen Williams, which will be a very exciting... Um, job for the commentators throughout the season Jalen Williams Jalen Williams I wonder how they're going to differentiate the two uh but not really our problem um so Oklahoma City you know is young and has all this draft asset and they've had some good picks over the last few years and so the question is what's the direction of the team I mean they're gonna have to pay some people at some point and we got the answer the question answered pretty quickly um we already know that Shea Gilgis Alexander is on a, on a good contract, and um, right when the offseason started, they extended Lou Dort, um, who's a dynamic defender, um, a decent three-point shooter. I wouldn't really call him a complete two-way player. I don't think his offensive game is quite there yet, but, you know, as a wing defender, he's probably up there with, you know, some of the NBA elites. So he got a five-year, $87.5 million contract extension, which, that is a long contract, but it's not a ton of money for a defensive guard. Um, we're kind of ha- going to have to see what his role on this team is going to be moving forward as they have all of these draft assets. Um, and then the and then the most recent move that Oklahoma City did was kind of a salary dump move. Um, just a few days ago, on uh, right when training camp was starting, they did a deal with uh, Houston, uh, where they traded away Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Mo Harkless, uh, Theo Maladon, and the 2025 second overall pick, uh, second round pick. And they got David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and uh, most importantly, they got two trade exemptions from that. 
I think what the, this really means to me is now they're way under the luxury tax at the trade deadline. There's probably going to be teams that are going to want to, you know, uh, assign a bad contract with some draft capital. And this is another way for OKC to, to build up their draft capital, which seems crazy to me because I think they have enough picks. And if they were to keep every single one of these picks, it literally is they don't there's not enough roster spots for it. So um, talking about their their overall draft Hall in 2023, which I think is probably their weakest, um, you know, number of picks. They have their own or the Clippers' uh, top pick, which I think you know OKC will safely finish worse than the Clippers. That's from the Paul George trade. They have their own second-round draft pick. They have the the Mavs or the Heat um, second-round draft pick. Whoever ends up finishing worse, and then once we get to 2024, this is where the first-round draft capital becomes kind of bonkers in my mind. So in 2024. They have their own pick, they have the Clippers pick, they have the Rockets pick, and they have the Jazz overall first round picks. That's four first round picks in that draft. They also have the Timberwolves and the Hornets second second round pick that draft. Um, and just a note about that, the Clippers pick is unprotected, which I think is crazy. Um, the Rockets pick is top four protected, which we'll see if, if it conveys. If it doesn't, they'll become a, two second round picks, one in 2024 and one in 2025. Uh, you know, the, the Rockets may or may not finish uh, in the bottom four at that time. Um, and then you move to 2025, another year where they have a lot of picks. They have their own pick slash Clippers slash Rockets. Um, depending on sort of what happens, they have a, a pick swap with the Rockets as top 10 protected or, or the Clippers that's not protected. They have the Sixers pick, which is a top six protected. They have the Heat overall first round pick um and so and then they have a bunch of second round picks and i'm not going to focus on the second round picks for this draft so that's another three possible first round picks for them when we go to 2026 again another year for three possible first round draft picks with their own the rockets again top four protected and then the clippers unprotected pick and then as we go out to 2027 they have another two picks they have their own and they have um the nuggets top five protected pick and if this one doesn't convey in 2027 it could be in 2028 or 2029 but the nuggets are hopefully you know still going to be pretty good at that time with Nikola Jokic I could see it conveying in 2027 so we're looking at you know 13 first overall picks between 2023 and 2027 which is mind-boggling to me I think eventually they're going to have to make this push towards being a relevant NBA team. You're talking about a franchise that once they moved from Seattle, you know, they got they had Kevin Durant, and then they got James Harden, they had Serge Ibaka, they had Russell Westbrook. That was a spoiled franchise in Oklahoma City. They had a lot of success. I think they only missed the playoffs like one time in that, you know, 10-year span. And so of course the the ownership and the fans have been patient these last couple of years as the team rebuilds. But at some point, they're going to have to try to spend some of these draft assets to get some home run players. And, and I think that'll happen. I really thought the team would start being competitive this year. Um, you know, they have a pretty formidable young team. If you look at the you know top four guys on that team, who I think are the most valuable assets, SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, and now Chet Holmgren from this draft. I mean, that's a pretty good team in itself. 
And if you had asked me, you know, three months ago, right after the draft, I would have said, you know, this team will probably be somewhere in the middle ranges of the Western Conference, maybe pushing at the play-in tournament. We've seen when SJ is healthy, he, the team is pretty relevant. And then, you know, we saw the amazing, uh, amazing summer league where we got to see how well Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy get along, how well their games complement each other. And there was a lot of buzz and excitement around Thunder. And then, of course, uh, unfortunately, Chet Holmgren has a right foot Liz Frank fracture, undergoes surgery, and it's out for the rest of this year. And I think that really changes who the Thunder are probably going to strive to be this year. Even though this is their lightest year for top draft asset, I do believe that this will be another season that they will probably look to be towards the bottom of the NBA. This new, this upcoming draft, as we've mentioned multiple times, is pretty strong at the top. And so I would not be surprised if the Thunder kind of say, you know, why don't we take another crack at it? Take a crack at the um, at the top overall pick. See if we can get Scoot Henderson with Victor Wenbanyama or or any of the other really great players that are going to be coming out at the top of the draft this upcoming season, uh, this next off season. And then um, you know to add salt on the wounds, I don't think it'll be a long term injury, but SGA gets a sprain to his MCL and is going to miss the start of training camp. I mean, this is a team that had a lot of turnover this year and they haven't had a lot of time to play together, so. Having you know him missing all of camp is definitely gonna probably give them a rocky start. So if we if we reflect back on other moves that Oklahoma City went through this year, um, they lost Derek Favors in the in the trade to the Rockets. Uh, Melvin Frazier Jr. has gone through free agency. Jalen Horde gone through free agency. Ty Jerome to the Rockets through the trade. Um, but other guys that they were they were able to get, um, you know. Uh, or keep rather they kept uh, Mike Muscala they extended Kendrick Williams so their team is really really young as I was mentioning you know in terms of draft in terms of salaries they're all under 10 million dollars or you know except for the Lou Dort and the SGA contract and this means that the a lot of their players are young I mean I'm looking at their at their their roster and almost every single player is under the age of 30 the majority of them being under the age of 25 so um my hopes for this team this year is that they get a little bit of time playing together josh giddy gets to grow another year hopefully sj stays healthy this year and he gets to grow a bit chet holmgren gets healthy over the course of the year and they're gonna get a chop draft pick Personally, I, I don't think I'll be watching this team too much. To me, um, this was going to be one of my league pass teams and exciting teams. But with my thoughts on what their future direction is going to be, I'm just not that excited anymore. Um, that being said, I think OKC is... I think the, reg- the regular season is not their time to shine. This franchise has been one of the most exciting in the offseason. So as we come to a conclusion for what is their quote-unquote official season, we'll see what happens. You know, at the trade deadline, I expect them to be active, trying to 
take some salary. And then as we get into next season, I mean, I think they're going to be really, really active. I would not be surprised if after they feel like they have done their rebuild, if they start, you know, trading away some of these draft picks to take to get the next disgruntled superstar. Um, but that's all I got for you guys today. You know, uh, hopefully OKC can can uh, surprise us and prove me wrong but if not we'll we'll be talking about them next offseason as a team that got another top overall pick talk to you later bye i want to give a shout out to our producer sandeep and to let all the listeners know to help us out and follow us on instagram at bsj pod and on twitter as well at bsj pod you can also find all our episodes uploaded onto our website at www.bsjpod.com thank you